Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I would have been about 12 years old when my parents sent me to that hellhole. They were so determined to get me to spend more time out of my bedroom and outside that they would not stop banging on about camp. And not any particular camp, really any camp would do. I think it was a thinly veiled code for they'd be at work all weekend and didn't trust me at home alone. My parents showed me the brochure. I would never admit it to them, but it actually looked kind of fun. The pictures on the front cover of the brochure had slides, activities and really anything that any preteen would want in a camp. It was pretty legit. The kids all seemed to be having fun in the pictures. I came around to the idea and eventually gave in. I remember it like it was yesterday. Camp Omega. It was in the middle of nowhere, with mountainous countryside in all directions. It was like any other camp, to be honest. Bunks to sleep in, campfires at night, and friendly counsellors. Looking back at it, maybe too friendly. At the time, I thought they were just being friendly because it was their job. I've never been so wrong. Now, it all started okay, I guess, although the activities were kind of odd. We had to make these dolls that looked like us. Mine had straw for hair and big brown button eyes. Then we had to make these bracelets with our names on them. Everything was personalised, which I guess is to be expected from camp. We sat around campfires and shared our feelings until we knew each other pretty well. There were 25 other campers and 15 counsellors. One camper stood out to me. Her name was Louise. She was nice and didn't talk too much. I was a shy kid too, so we connected easily through enjoying the silence. It was the last day of the week-long camp. I was so happy to be going home the next day. Camp was fun and all, but I missed home. I missed my parents. We sat at the fire with everyone, including all the counsellors. I wasn't sure if it was the fire, but they looked familiar, but their faces were as pale as ghosts. I shrugged it off and listened to the next activity. I wish I didn't. We all had our dolls that looked just like us. I held mine in my hands and tried not to look at it, but its blank brown button eyes stared into me. 
This represents the old you, the you before camp, the head counsellor said to all of us. Then they had us throw the dolls into the fire. I watched as mine was engulfed in flames, snapping and popping as the fire consumed its canvas skin. You are a new person now, the head counsellor told us. After the doll burning, they told us there would be a goodbye ceremony and dinner. Two of the counsellors led us back to the cabins and told us to pack our stuff. They explained that the celebration ceremony was at the nearby barn at the edge of the property. The other counsellor left, leaving just one with us. His name was Scott. He was always nice and had good jokes. He waited at the fire pit as we gathered our things. Scott was acting weird as I sat next to him, waiting on everyone else. He was staring into the fire silently with a disturbed look on his face. Once we were all assembled, he muttered, I love you. I don't know who he was talking to, so I just assumed I misheard him. I love you guys and would do anything for you. He said it clearly this time, so we all heard him and there was definitely no misunderstanding what he had said. We all just looked at each other with confused expressions. But it was a nice thing to say, so we all said that we loved him too. He smiled and got up and told us it was time. Scott led us through the forest to the edge of the camp. It was dark and the air got thicker. I was excited for the ceremony. I was ready to leave and go home where there was Netflix and Wi-Fi. I had more than enough of the outdoors. We suddenly exited the woods and the barn loomed ahead of us in the darkness. All of the camp counsellors stood around in a circle and had torches in their hands. I felt my stomach drop. I knew something wasn't right as they ushered us all into the barn. The barn was an old rickety structure. I was sure it wasn't up to any building code. And I was also pretty sure we shouldn't be in there. The counsellors followed us all inside and formed a circle around us, closing the door behind them. The head counsellor broke from the circle and stood before us. Louise Jenkins, please come forward for your departure, she said. We all looked uneasy, but Louise stepped forward. I was happy for her. Maybe she would get a ribbon or something cool to take home. The counsellors moved closer to us, tightening the circle around us. I could feel my heartbeat quicken. Closer and closer they came, and then... The head counsellor stabbed Louise in the neck. She didn't scream, she didn't make a sound, and she fell to the ground... Suddenly, there was pandemonium. The counsellors threw their torches at the barn wall. I didn't notice until now, but they had long serrated knives with them. I tried to run, but the barn was starting to go up like a match. 
kids were running around and screaming before being stabbed by the counsellors. I knew I had to go towards the front door and I started running myself. Right into Scott. You don't want to stay for the ceremony, he asked me. His eyes seemed to be pitch black dark and he wore the most sadistic smile on his face. I punched him in the gut and ran straight past him, out of an opening in the barn. I'd never run that fast in my whole life and I never will again. I looked back briefly. Oh God, I wish I'd never looked behind me. Back towards the direction of the barn, I saw black figures silhouetted by the light of the fire. Some ran around screaming, others stood still with their arms out, accepting the stabs from the counsellors. I heard chanting of some sort. At first I couldn't make it out, but it grew louder. We know what's best for you. We love you. Over and over again. The sight of Louise's last breath as her mouth filled with blood flashed through my mind, and I ran. I ran into the forest, my heart beating in my ears like a drum. I didn't know where I was going. I was just running in the direction that we came from. The chanting followed me. We know what's best for you. We love you. It repeated like a broken record, over and over. The glow from the inferno lit the property dimly, so I was able to come out the other side where the cabins were. I looked behind me again. I could see the bush moving and the chanting growing louder. How did they find me? How did they follow me? We know what's best for you. We love you. I ran faster, but I felt a hand tug at my shirt. I fell and it fell with me. I looked back to see the counsellor. Scott had taken my ankle in one hand and a knife in his other. His eyes were empty pits and his skin was as white as a sheet. I screamed and kicked the knife out of his hand with my free foot. That loosened his grip a bit and gave me time to get back on my feet and I ran towards the camp exit. The sign read Camp Omega. The sign stood hauntingly above the exit. I ran straight through it and the footsteps behind me stopped as the counsellors no longer followed me. I looked behind me again and that's where they stood. They looked trapped inside the campgrounds. They stood still as stone as if they couldn't cross the gate threshold. It started to rain and that's when they put up their hoods. I didn't even notice the hoods and ropes before. Even in the dim light, I could tell they were blood red. We know what's best for you. We love you. They chanted again. I started to back away slowly. My eyes wide with terror as they pulled their daggers out again. I thought they were going to throw them at me. Part of me wanted to run and scream, but another part of me was so transfixed on the scene playing out before me. In unison, they raised their blood-stained knives and stabbed each other in the neck, 
blood splurted everywhere. I could see it mix with the rain as it flowed down their necks and they fell. All I could do was scream and run down the dirt path into the small neighbouring town. It felt like I'd been running for weeks when I reached the town and the police station. Relief washed over me as I entered the wooden doors. I must have looked like a mess. My hair was matted with a mixture of sweat and rain. I probably had blood on my hands. I looked down at them and was surprised to see they were clean. The rain must have washed the blood off. I walked to the front desk as calmly as I could, where the secretary looked at me. She had a shocked expression on her face, as if I had risen from the dead. I assumed it was because of my dishevelled appearance. I tried explaining everything to her. The camp, the counsellors, what they did, everything. She looked shocked and gave me a glass of water. She asked me if I wanted to talk to my parents. I desperately wanted to do so. She gave me her phone and my parents were frantic on the other end. I'm surprised they understood me since I was choking on my own tears and snot that ran down my face and accumulated in my mouth. They came as quick as they could to pick me up. An hour later, they arrived at the police station. I was so relieved that they found me that once I got into the car, I closed my eyes. I felt safe. I must have fallen asleep because when I opened my eyes, we were in an unfamiliar place. I blinked a few times. We were parked in front of a brick building that loomed gloomily overhead. It was then that I realised something. The woman at the police station. How did she know my parents' number? My parents turned around to face me, sad expressions on their faces. Honey, we are at a mental institution. We are worried about you. My jaw fell open. They didn't believe me. They flatly informed me that I had been missing for a week. And then suddenly there I was, at a police station, ranting about murderous counsellors. That they had never sent me to camp that week. That I had run away. I was silent for a minute, trying to process everything. My mother held my cheek and said, Honey, we know what's best for you. We love you. My father joined in on the chant. We know what's best for you. We love you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.